Welcome to Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. Joe Cotton with the Yard Dogs Traveling Road Show, and we're listening to WTJU Charlottesville 91.1, Sound Choice in Central Virginia. The Yard Dogs Road Show, come see what the daylight will not allow. I've got an ugly tale to tell, of shipwrecked homes and mounds of bones as far as the eye can see, bodies swinging limb from limb. upon your shore or seen a mermaid spinning knives I tell you it's not lore so come along with me we'll skip you next to sea a lover's fate caught up in sails and swept across the sea oh, ha, ha. Candy. 
swept across the sea from the Yard Dogs Roadshow from their September summer EP. This is Air Steven, and on the line with us today, I have Eddie Joe Cotton, one of the co-founders of the Yard Dog Roadshow, and presently in a position of manager, confident, and straw boss. Eddie Joe, it's great to have you with us today. Good to be here. The first time I saw the Yard Dogs Roadshow was actually down at Floyd Fest a couple summers ago. It was one of the most unique, compelling, sparkling, amazing shows I had ever seen in show business of all the concerts, of all of the different movies, the cabarets, anything I had ever seen, this show made me stop in my tracks and be totally in the moment. How did it start? When did it start? It started mostly around a campfire up in Northern California, probably about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago. The three-piece jug band, me and a couple other guys just traveling around up and down the west coast in Old Ford, just playing music on back porches and street corners and kind of sharing our stories around the campfire. And that's kind of the core of it, you know. Started off with the washtub bass. Uh, the other guys played a washboard and jaw harp. Started off like that and then eventually turned into a whole stage show. Were you a student of the Wild West vaudevillian things that happened around in the turn of the century in the 1800s? Or was this something that w was a total type of original compelling idea? Well, I think a lot of it just came from traveling and being out in the elements. There's a lot of performers in the group who had relatives that used to be involved, whether it was carnival or sideshow or traveling musicians. So a bit of it is just innate part of who we are. Also just identifying with the in-between places, I guess. Places where it's quiet and culture kind of misses. So we, you know, we just spent a lot of time exploring different places like that, creative places. And a lot of it just came out on the road like that. We met people along the way who kind of had the same vision. But as far as vaudeville and burlesque, sideshow and carnival, we're all inspired by that in a lot of different ways. It's not our lifestyle, but it was part of our lineage or what we identify with. When you came together the first time, you had an original troupe, I would imagine. And has this troupe gone through lots of changes over the years? Do you have a bunch of graduates or alumni? Yeah, yeah, people come and go for sure. It's not an easy way to live. You know, when you're doing one-nighters or multiple shows and however many shows a week, it's real hard on people. So people come and go, and the idea is it's kind of a collaborative art project, really. When someone leaves, we make room for somebody else and hope that they can kind of inspire us to expand on what we're already doing with this project. There's, there's no form, there's no set form to it. It's always been real free form and experimental in some way or another. We're not really set on trying to build something that's a formula. How many would you say have been in, in and out at this point, just off the top of your head? Not as many as you think, probably about six, six or seven. What would you say the length of a stint would be? As far as performer? Yeah. Are there still original members? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's still, the core group is still the same, actually. And that core group, the first was three or four of us, and the second phase was about six or seven. Of 13 performers, we still have about eight that are the original crew. How often does the Yard Dogs Roadshow retool their show, come up with a different show, and do you do more than one show at once, like in a repertory theater sense? If you do a two-night stand, you can do one show, and then the next night you can do a different show. Uh, we usually craft one show and just tour the heck out of it, pretty much until the wheels fall off. We just tune it and play the same show over and over, but then 
We're doing multiple nights. We'll plug in a few different acts because we have quite a catalog of different acts. We'll plug things in and change it up every once in a while. But generally speaking, we run the same show for a whole season at least. The venues that you perform in, I know a lot of the original carnivals were under the tents, circus tents, and that might have changed a little bit for the present day. Well, there are so many different eras of vaudeville and burlesque and cabaret. We'd do anything to be under a tent, but there was definitely a shift when the creatively carnival and burlesque and vaudeville seemed like it moved into the concert realms more and it was just easier to play clubs. And we definitely play in tents at festivals, and we've produced events in the Bay Area where we cover the whole floor of a huge warehouse and wood chips and sawdust and just create a whole atmosphere. And I've done some time working for Carnival. I worked for Ward Hall and the World of Wonders just for a little bit. That was a sideshow, midway Carnival stuff. And I'm not so sure a lot of the people in this group would necessarily want to be out on the road in that way. Hard way to go. Timing is of the essence when you're living in the super now. Your dress seems to be caught in the spokes of the back wheel of your bicycle. Those spinning round. This honeymoon is winding down Let's stretch it out and milk it for all that it's
the little bits of glass settle to the ground. The escape. I think everybody dreamed of the escape to the circus or the escape out of town, get out of town, and, and the adventure. And I think when people see the Yard Dogs Roadshow, it gives them a certain sense of reckless abandon, and they want to identify with the adventure that goes with perhaps not knowing where you're going to be tomorrow, except that they really do want to know where they're going to be tomorrow. They just want to watch it. People are thinking they want to come and see the Yard Dogs and fantasize about running away because they're not going to run away on their own. Well, that's, that's unacceptable, you know? And that's why we're in the conundrum we're in, you know? I don't really get it. If you want to go run away with the circus, you should go run away with the circus. It might be pure hell, or it might just be like a mind-shattering experience. You, you never know. But that's kind of why we're all mixed up the way we are. People are afraid of doing stuff like that. As far as reckless abandon, when people come see the Yard Dogs, that is what you're seeing. That is the Yard Dogs Roadshow. We try to give it form, but mostly it is reckless abandon. And it's uh, on stage, and there it is. And, we, you know, we give as much form as we can, but, you know, this thing kind of exploded in its own supernova way out of uh, raw inspiration, and that's what it is. And that's what anyone who's on the road or wants to be on the road or wants to run away with the circus, they need to give that a shot. I mean, I don't know what else you're going to do. I guess you could stay home and drink energy drinks and <laughs> watch way too much porn, you know. Microwave and a meatloaf. Yeah, you need to go out and, and, and live it, and especially now, what else? everyone's unemployed anyway. Maybe we'll go do something fun if you ain't got a job. And You know, we, we do what we do to survive, and we all have our different... You know, Miguel's involved a little bit in that, that second-hand store. And, you know, Micah, the guitar player, builds and sells old bikes. And, you know, I, I do some writing on the side. And we just have our hands in a lot of different things. Um, one, because it inspires us creatively. Two, it helps us survive. The main thing is it creates, keeps the the creative energy moving. You know, it's not... Sure, we're surviving, but we're also finding new ideas. When we go out and ride our bicycle around town, the bike we just fixed up, and go cruising around town, you see things you wouldn't see if you're driving in a car. You hear things you wouldn't hear, and, and then you get ideas. So in the end, it all comes down to the songs. It comes down to the story. It comes down to creating something that, I don't know, something that moves you. Instead of ten 
talked a little bit about the reckless abandon but when i saw your show to me what struck me more than anything else was the impeccable timing and organization that the organization and and impeccable timing created this reckless abandon you know the stars align sometimes a lot of times and uh it does have form you know but if you met all the characters and you actually get on the tour bus you would be astounded that after two weeks on the road or 10 hours, 12 hours driving, these guys can land in a town, set up a show and deliver what you saw. You'd be amazed because what happens in between the shows is anarchy. talking with Eddie Joe Carton of the Yard Dogs Road Show. Before the Yard Dogs Road Show, you were an author, or did that happen simultaneously? Well, I started writing in my early 20s, almost right out of high school, and then traveled for a lot of years and published, uh, got published in 2002, which overlapped a little bit with the beginning of the Yard Dogs, so there was some overlap, but I was uh, writing a lot before. And the name of the book is Hobo, A Young Man's Thoughts on Trains and Tramping in America. I think hobo means different things to different people. What does it mean to you? Uh, hobo, well, it's a spirit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the main thing. I know when I first started traveling, riding trains in that way, and meeting the people out there, that there was a certain spirit that they embodied 
that I really, really identified with and had a kinship with. And to this day, I've yet to find uh, anything that I've identified with quite as strongly. The spirit there that kind of resonates and transcends. And so, you know, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, they say the word came from ho-boy. Transient workers used to run around with hoes on their backs. And that's where the word maybe came from. There's hobos, there's tramps, there's bums. I guess hobos are supposed to work and travel. And tramps don't really work, but travel and bums don't really do either. I don't know, there's a lot of different terms, a lot of different words for it all, but I think for me it's definitely about that. Do people dress up? Uh, is there a culture that follows the Yard Dogs Roadshow? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what's kept us going as long as we have. We've been part of a pretty serious subculture. And, uh, we've tried to be involved in it as many ways as possible. And it's kind of facilitated us to have this community all over the country that supports what we do. And they don't support it just by coming to the shows. They support it by making their own show by dressing up, by kind of identifying whatever way they feel with what we do, and we also with what they do. It's very symbiotic, and uh, that's always been important to us, that we are part of that creative space with the, with our fans or our, our friends, our community. We're trying to build something around that also, for better or worse, you know. <laughs> Just as people, like-minded people, finding each other. But finding each other in kind of half-assed ways, there was no plan behind this ever. There was no director with a big vision. There was no um, blueprint on what we were going to do. It was more like-minded people finding each other and then creating what this is around that, around the friendships, around the different mediums that we all worked with. Burning Man, was the Yard Dogs Roach ever involved with the Burning Man out there in, I guess it's in the deserts of Nevada? Uh, yeah, they do that out in Gurlack, Nevada, Black Rock City, I guess they call it. But um, a few members of Yard Dogs go way back with Burning Man, like their parents were involved. So there's a lot of different connections to that, for sure. And that whole subculture's been real supportive of us also. And so there's definitely some strong links there. Magic isn't really magic. It's not like parlor magic. It's a little more psychedelic. You don't really see it coming as much. And then, uh, of course, there's all sorts of song and dance and torch singers. And got the vaudeville elements, such as kind of quick slapstick comedy stuff. But it's all driven by the music, by the band. It's a very musical show. We're not adhering to any tradition of, of vaudeville or, or any of these different forms. Definitely schooled from them. We learn from them, but uh, the idea is never really hold it in that place. Definitely want to explore each person's individual story, their their own creative space, what inspires them. And I think that's one thing that's kind of 
help this show be as successful as it can is that we've always tried to inspire people to tell their own stories, the performers. You know, make it personal. Uh, it's not a throwback. It's not a throwback to anything. It's like this is our art, our music. This is Air Steven. We've been talking to Eddie Joe Cotton of the Yard Dogs Roadshow. It's been a real pleasure, Eddie, and can't wait to see the Yard Dogs Roadshow in Charlottesville, Virginia. All right, well, thank you for your time.
Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet.